This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, business storytellers. How's it going? Thanks for watching another live stream of the Business Storytelling Podcast. If you are listening on the podcast channels, really appreciate you as well. Friendly reminder, we are live streaming many of these episodes weeks before they come out on the podcast channels. Why? Because it's simple. It works. It's kind of fun. And still using um, Switcher Studio to do that. Livestream with SwitcherStudio.com. Trap One gets you the first month off. So um, feel free to give that a try if you like to. Today I want to talk about marketing technologists. And certainly there's many, many new roles that we need. Many people, many companies are struggling with their budgets, with how many people should we have on the team, who's doing all the work. I still remember when I was speaking at a conference Uh, Somebody said to me, hey, who should be the data analyst on my team? And I said, well, who should be the writer on your team? And everybody said, well, the writer. And I'm like, well, no kidding. So who do you think should the data analyst be? Um, The data analyst, of course. So interesting how things are evolving. Of course, 2020 continues to be um, a crazy, crazy year. So today's guest, I've known him for, I don't know, maybe a decade or so. Both of us are in the Cedar Rapids area, of course. We're not recording from the same location because honestly, it's uh, it's much easier to just stay where you are and record with live uh, or not record live stream with Switcher and then push it with Restream to all the other channels. Um, Josh McNary, he's a marketing technologist. He runs Mar- McNary Marketing. Um, here he is, Josh. How's it going? Oh, good, good. Thanks for having me on. Always happy to con- uh, connect with you. I think about a decade, right? That's that's how long yeah, we've known each other. It's like that, yeah. I actually recently was uh, combing through some old files, and I found some old stuff um, speaking to like social media back in like the late aughts. I guess like t- two thousand eight, two thousand nine, or something like that. And I think yeah. you showed up in some of that stuff back then. Oh, we yeah we well I'm old. I'm not allowed to say. We are old anymore because <laughs> you can uh, you can make your own statements to that regard. So you're a marketing technologist, and of course there has been a rise, uh, you know, of that role. But but what 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 the heck is a marketing technologist, and why did you choose that that area? Sure. Well, um, I'm gonna quickly state kind of how I ended up even calling myself a marketing technologist. So my business, Minary Market Design, we're a marketing technology company, is what how I talk about it. And really, uh, the quick version of the pitch is, is, is my background and my business then is, is standing at the cross section of business strategy, marketing campaign direction, and being a geek. And so that's what I was doing like back when I met you uh, 10, 15 years ago. And uh, I was working for other people. And so as I was looking to go forward and, and build an entrepreneurial company and such, uh, I was like, you know, I just don't want to just come out and be another marketing guy. You know, I could already do freelance graphic design and freelance this freelance that what if i bring together these passions of mine of marketing business and tech and 
bring those things together to help people, particularly because we saw this proliferation at that time and still do of just hundreds and thousands of different, uh, particularly web apps. Of course, you know, back 10, 15 years, it wasn't all web stuff uh, as it is now, or it seems to be now. So anyways, as I, as I was going forward through uh, my, my entrepreneurial journey, I was like, you know, I, I could, I could do this. I could be a, a, a tech guy in the marketing space. And around the same time, uh, the idea of a marketing technologist, that term was starting to become a thing. Like it was no one even heard of it before that time, basically. So I started following uh, the chief marketing technologist, uh, Scott Brinker, uh, back then. He, if you should check out that website, certainly if you're interested in what we're talking about today, the chief marketing technologist website, just Google that. And he was really starting to popularize that term at that time. And I kind of just jumped on that bandwagon and it, the rest is history. The rest is history. Of course, Scott was on the show a while back and we talked about his landscape and how he went from, I think it was 100 companies to 7,000 companies. So yeah. certainly that's a crowded field as well. So let me ask you this. So how, you know, I don't think of myself as a marketing technologist at all. Uh, probably more on the content side, but I need to understand technology. I need to know how to use marketing technology because if I don't, I mean, I was talking to somebody yesterday and they said, oh, we don't even do anything manually up to this point, which is like 12 <laughs> steps down the road. You know what I mean? And so like, even if I don't have to be the expert at every little technology thing, I still have to know how to use technology. And even let's think about the live stream for a second. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not, I mean, it's not like, that difficult but but you know i've done it for a while now when i first started it was quite overwhelming you know okay i want josh on the right christoph on the left the logo in the middle you know how do i do that how do i mute myself how do i you know blah 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 i mean there is a lot of technology involved right sending it to mm -hmm. all these channels putting on so can you still be a marketer if you don't know technology i mean where's that line <laughs> between like you know a marketer like i and a marketing technologist Right. Well, so I think there has been a progression there. Um, the it's not it's not a it's not a happenstance that I went from being essentially a marketing manager to starting a marketing technology company. Because not unlike you, uh, I've always been interested in, in technology, and uh, I, I essentially was a self-trained web developer um, coming up through my teen years and and and, and such. And that was what really helped feed my marketing career. Uh, but in today's day and age, again, 10 years later, essentially, from kind of when I started making those decisions to, to do this business I've been running now for pushing seven years, the what you're talking about has become the commonplace. I mean, you do have to have a certain, to be a good marketer today with all the automation and such that's just become normal. Um, you have to have an element of technology background to really do it well. Um, unless you want to really just be niche, you know, you want, you just, you're just going to be a writer. You're just going to do this. You're just going to do that. If you want to be that middleman, if you want to be the marketing manager today, even at the same company I worked for previously in that role, you probably need to be more of a marketing technologist than you did when I was there. Um, but that, that being said, I, I, there are, there are things because of the, the proliferation of the tools and because there are so many uh, niche things that you could, could, or may want to do, company like mine, we, we, we're certainly doing more advanced things than we did five, 10 years ago, but we're, but we're, you know, we're still very much in business, even though so many people are marketing tech, have to be more marketing technologists than ever, because 
uh, even if they don't self-identify as that, because essentially we're like the advanced marketing technologist now, or we bring in the development support to get that one random tracking piece that is that person can't figure out how to do, or that that glitch glitched piece or part. So that's kind of what I've seen is this this uh, general maturity of the marketer towards technology, like you're talking about, and that you naturally have a tendency for and a gift for, and then that's shifted what we do. Yeah, very interesting. And what's interesting too to me is there are still specialties. And I know some people talk about the the T-shaped marketer or whatever, the T-shaped skill set. And I like to say, you know, I'm trying to learn different things, but I'm not good at everything. You know, I mean, I'm doing some uh, graphic design, but I wouldn't call myself a graphic designer. I'm dabbling in technology, but I wouldn't call myself a marketing technologist. I was actually talking to somebody the other day and they were hiring for a head of content marketing, a head of product marketing, and a head of something else. I want to say it was consumer marketing. And the only thing I could think about, I'm like, how progressive. I mean, they're actually understanding that there is a difference (laughs) in those three things. Now, can Mm -hmm. I do product marketing um, to an extent, right? But from those three things I just mentioned, would I be best at the head of content marketing as opposed to head of product marketing? 100%, no doubt in my mind. So we can't all be good at everything and we can't all be at the same advanced well, level necessarily we, all, we also just may not have the time yeah you know that i think that's a big component i know as an entrepreneur <clears throat> my team right now is myself plus four other people and i'm actually in the process of looking for a director of client services role right now um uh, if i could find the right fit there that would be something we'll try to do as we're looking forward to 2021 and um hopefully a much better year than 2020 has been, but um, for everyone. But, uh, but that being said, uh, the idea of, of breaking down the roles to a certain level, that going back to what we're saying though before about everyone who's in marketing having to be more technologically savvy, even if they don't consider themselves a marketing technologist, uh, those three roles that you mentioned, I don't remember all three you said, but those three roles or in my company, the people that I have in my business, the different roles I'm hiring, there's a certain expected level of marketing technology understanding just to even be get in the door of like the roles that you were speaking about. So yeah, you may niche into the, any given area in, in those roles, but you still have to have a certain base. I think it's become more of the expectation from what I've perceived. Um, you know, at a certain level of company, a, a mid or larger size company. Now, back on the other side of the spectrum, say small business or, or, or um, startup or kind of moderate sized businesses, um, in that regard, a lot of, a lot of, we do a lot of work around helping them because they either don't have the specialist in place or maybe they've got the marketing person that's overworked. They don't have enough capacity to do all this stuff. Or maybe they have a little bit of technical understanding, but they get, they stop, they get stuck at some point. You know, they're, they're able to get the live stream to work, but they can't get this or this to work and they want to integrate it or something. Um, so there's also that whole end of the spectrum as well. Um, and then that sometimes feeds up as far as there's more advanced projects that we do for the, the clients that are uh, a bit larger. Yeah, absolutely. And so, of course, the I still think it's kind of a joke when people ask me who who on the team should play the role of digital analyst, you know, and I said, well, who on the team plays the role of writer? And everybody, of course, says, well, the writer. I'm like, well, same answer for the <laughs> digital right. analyst. How right, do you yeah. how do you realize that you need marketing technology help? I mean, how what's like the pain point? I mean, I know there's so many pain points. Mm-hmm. Oh, another channel. Oh, another this. 
not enough time. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever met a marketing team anywhere that has <laughs> actually had enough time, right? Nobody ever has enough time. Everybody can use, and this I think is universal to two people teams and 45 people teams. Uh, they always could use more people. They always could use more time. Uh, but what's like the pain point that, hey, I need marketing technology help. How, how, how do I recognize that even? Well, it presents in a couple different ways. Uh, I'll start by saying the, our, our tagline uh, I've been using for a number of years is sell more, do less, right? It plays to that time problem, right? Who doesn't want to sell more and do less? I mean, it's easy, it's easy thing to, to, to say, nod your head to. Uh, so my answer starts with that in the sense of uh, the automations, the efficiencies. Um, I have a, a strong background, history and productivity understanding and, and trying to be more productive and try to maximize time going back to that theme. So in the sales and marketing space, how can we be more efficient? How can we automate? How can we make these things work better together? Um, maybe think the word integration. In fact, I have a, a new newsletter I've been doing weekly here, starting here at the beginning of this month. And my, my next, uh, my issue from this week uh, was actually uh, on integrations. So if we're thinking about integrations, we're thinking about making things more efficient um, we find ourselves doing things more than once, once over, um, and we want to try to we want to rep, replicate that over time. Those are the types. Those are some key signs as you get going, just from an efficiency standpoint, uh, making things hum better so you can sell more and do less. But the other thing I want to point out is um, it also is relates to selling more and doing less, but is to slow down and to strategize. So a lot of what um, I do. Uh, in our processes, whether it's a sales process or direct consulting with clients. Um, and then our, our team helps implement some of these things we talk about in these consulting and strategy sessions. But essentially the idea of slowing down, figuring out what we are we trying to do, learn from our past, figure out what we're trying to go doing for, going forward um, and really understand how these different tools and technologies connect. Uh, and then again, see those efficiencies and make sure we're match, mapping against any kind of KPIs or anything that we're trying to actually achieve at the end of the goal, end of that, end of that cycle, whatever that cycle might look for, for a company. So, um, the 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 primary thing is I'll say the symptoms come down to we have some people that come to us and they're like I know I want to do X because I want to make it more efficient or I want to make it faster or I want to understand it better. There's other people that just come to us and are like, uh, I have all these all the things, I don't have enough time. And in those cases, I tend to kind of maybe bring them back to a strategy component first. So the, the first group, hopefully they're coming with, hey, I want this thing fixed or or we want to address this thing because they've done some strategy or they know that's a good direction to take. But even sometimes we have to I bring them back out. So I would say um, when you're thinking about marketing technology, you might intuitively know some pain points that you're already feeling right now as you listen to this, uh, that you can quickly uh, use sales and marketing technology to support, or you might just want to step back, you know, give yourself a moment to pull out the legal pad, start drawing out the systems and figure out, okay, where, where are the break points? And then you can start filling, trying to fill those gaps and whether you're yourself or you use somebody like us, or, you know, you hire somebody to help you do that. Yeah. And just a quick note, we have a uh, Leon Gribinaw. I'm not sure if I say that correctly on um, LinkedIn saying here, sorry, I have a 10 o'clock Zoom meeting. I need to leave, but I will watch the recording of available. So just a friendly reminder, you know, even if you don't catch the live streams, the, the recordings are available, the podcast is available, everything is available. We don't delete anything here. 
Josh, the one thing, a little bit of a trigger point here, trigger word for me, doing less. And certainly I want to do less of the crap that's just administrative. <laughs> that's just like a waste of my time, like copying and pasting, for example, right? And we've, we've had plenty of discussions around that. Why don't you just write in the CMS? Why don't you use something that's integrated yeah. as opposed to the whole stupid copying and pasting out of words um, and have, you know, track changes in there? Um, but I don't necessarily want to do less of certain things. So, for example, I love the live streams. I love connecting or reconnecting with with experts like you and other experts around the globe, right? So I don't want to do less, but I want to make it easier, right? You want to do more of the right things. I want to do more of the right things, right? So um, let me just interject there. So talking about the productivity side, that's not really you know what we started the topic today on, but there's that idea of really identifying what what is your what is your 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 north star with regards to what you where the work you should be doing right so back to that t-shaped marketer or the fact that yeah we all should have a certain base level or generic understanding of, of marketing technology but where is your energy best spent i mean part of the reason why you're good at building content like this Christoph, is that you this is this is what you do you know you're good at making you're good at talking to people you're good at building the content asking the right questions writing the right stuff and then the technology that kind of enables that is what you're passionate about. But if I threw, if I threw, um, you know, some of the stuff that I and my developers work on, that's you know, <laughs> esoteric code type related things, you know, you probably would start pulling pulling uh, what hair you have there. Uh, Not uh, much. You know? <laughs> uh, you know, so, so you know, that's that's the uh, I can't I can't say much of that either. I pulled most of it out already. Um, but the but so there's that there is that element of it from a kind of career perspective for a marketer, as well as, you know, for a leadership group or such, maybe going back to the example that you, you brought up earlier about them built, hiring the three different people for the different niche jobs. Maybe they figured that out in their organization. That's why they've been so progressive in that is that they're picking the right spots, figure out where people, what, what type of people they really need to define to fit the other people that have the organization. And I know I do that. I, I, I've continued to try to improve that in our organization and personally make sure that I'm spending my time in my uh, golden area as well, which is often helping people understand the space as we're doing here today, <laughs> and then directly within their organization, you know, mapping out the the processes and figuring out where the opportunities are, and uh, maybe taking a symptom that they're showing me and and being the doctor to figure out, okay, this is actually the disease that then we can cure with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Find find your sweet spot, and of course, you still need to find a spot where uh, at some point you need to be able to drive revenue from it, right? And and that's kind of mm -hmm. um, the one thing I can tell you that content does actually drive revenue. Now, sometimes if you if you do it wrong, it might take longer, right? You have that accidental mm -hmm. SEO strategy. We talked about that before. And we just did, uh, it's publishing tomorrow on the podcast channel, Sarah Mitchell, she did the state of the writing um, report. And they found that a lot of people don't even do SEO research. It's, it's beyond me. I even do SEO research now, and Josh can attest to this, for my podcast, I literally came on the show and said, Josh, we need to talk about the rise of the marketing technologist. Can anybody guess why we're talking about that? First of all, it's an interesting topic, but it's also a very niche keyword that potentially this podcast has a chance to rank for. And podcasts now actually rank for uh, Google search results, especially once the actual podcast version publishes. So 2020 has been a little bit of a dumpster fire. I guess that's probably an understatement. Uh, lots of changes in marketing, lots of changes in budgets. I mean, things are really kind of 
uh, all over the place. You know, I've given two international keynotes this year, Singapore and Istanbul, and I was in the exact same spot that I'm in right now. So uh, it was great, but it also sucked because I didn't get to travel anywhere. Uh, mm -hmm. Things have changed quite a bit. Uh, but but what have you seen for when it comes to 2020? What what can we do? What have marketers done? And how does marketing technology play into it? Well, as the whole craziness started earlier in the year, I, I, the, 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 our clients that are already thinking the way of of sales and marketing technology and, and heading that direction, we had a number of client examples that they just doubled down or they they were able to leverage that towards their pivots that they made as the the reality of the situation uh, came into place. And some of them, some of them worked in industries that were decimated, you know, conference oriented uh, industries and things like this, that, you know, just, just, just stopped, right. As to, to your point there about uh, your overseas engagements. So those that were ready aren't already thinking this way. If they, they were probably already progressive enough or thinking had the trajectory of, of using marketing and sales tech to, to leverage that going forward. Um, so that's kind of a sales pitch for my own stuff, right? I was telling people this already and I like so many things they were, they were advancing. Um, we've been advancing even faster because of the pandemic. It's forced us to make some changes that maybe we were already heading towards um, that now we, we absolutely must do. So uh, I guess those folks that really were heading that direction uh, were well positioned as far as generically speaking, I feel like uh, as a, it's it's been a hard year for everybody uh, and firms like mine as well. But uh, there's been a certain level of of kickback off of that because there's just been so much quick change required. Um, there's been ups and downs, ebbs and flows in the in 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 level of work and people's decision making. I think is a bit um, uh, like stop and go. Maybe uh, there's been times when we've kind of just gotten, you know, got very busy, like we typically would be. And there's other times that it's kind of, it's around times of, of, of maybe the school year starting or the U.S. election here or other things. There's been kind of these slowdowns because people aren't sure what to expect is going to happen next. And I think, you know, right now here in the United States, anyways, we've, we've, we're in one of those stages. So there's been this trend that kind of in the, I guess the, um, even though I don't like to call my firm a, a marketing agency because we're this kind of niche technology uh, agency in the agency world, there's been this stop and go element of it. Um, and then those firms that were really positioned well already are already thinking along these lines. I think we're in a spot to be able to quickly shift towards the total online environment that we've really went towards. Uh, this year. And that's what I've been pitching to a lot of our clients here in the meantime, in the last you know number of months, especially heading into the holidays for my retail oriented clients. Um, you know, make sure you're ready for, for this new age, because it's not going to be the same, you know, and, and some of them aren't as ready as maybe they should be, even though they've had some time to think about it. Yeah. And the one thing I found interesting is, um, you know, oh yeah, we don't need that. We don't need, of course that was last year. We don't need to do this. We don't, yeah. you know, we, we, we go to events, we get all of our leads at events. Uh, we, we, we meet with people face to face. We do this and this and right. A mm -hmm. hundred reasons why we don't need to do digital transformation or use the latest technology tools. And then of course, now it's, uh, you kind of have to do it because you don't see people anymore. Right. And, and you have to make it simple yeah. and you well, have to find new ways. I'll tell you, uh, one, uh, professional education thing I've been studying and doing more of it is just, um, not that I hadn't, in fact, 
well, the thing is I'm trying to tell you about is LinkedIn. So LinkedIn, of course, you know, we're all there. We all use it for various purposes, but the idea of doing outreach on LinkedIn is something that um, I've dabbled in in the past. In fact, we were doing some work on that in the very beginning of the year before the pandemic and actually had some meetings set up and such physical meetings in real, real life with people out of that, out of that. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then got away from, of course, with the pandemic, but like using those technologies, networking tools. And, and I saw an article this morning about how do you network when we're not able to physically network, you know, again, thinking more replacing the conferences, replacing the physical coffee events and, and meetings um, in a professional sense. Um, and that's certainly kind of on the sales side of things, something that that's I know tough. I've been studying and trying to, uh, trying to, to maximize in my own business. And then for that, for, furthermore, you know, teach my clients uh, those ideas going forward and of course i'm a big linkedin fan of course we're doing a linkedin live if you haven't tried that uh try to apply and 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 switcher restream others they allow you to do that once you get approved um Mm -hmm. but shout out to aaron schroeder schroeder not sure how you say the last name content strategist but she was just talking about how there's just too much spam on linkedin oh my god hey hello josh i noticed that both of us are humans and I thought we should connect. Um, I have a product that's specifically designed for yeah. humans. Um, I mean, there is a lot of spammy to, crap. Right. So, so let me make clear. Like the thing I've been trying to figure out is how to. Uh, well, one thing I was doing just this week was reengaging with people that I've previously been talking to on LinkedIn. These are real humans I actually know. You know, some would actually met with you know maybe before the pandemic, and I was interacting with them on LinkedIn. So the idea of and this is true of any marketing. I mean, this now we're maybe getting into some uh, content and sales uh, oriented uh, conversation, but the idea of actually providing real value and giving them a reason to care, uh, you know, that whole line of thought. And so I know in my outreach, kind of sales oriented outreach on LinkedIn, it's always in the context of like, you know, learning from them. I want to learn from them, like where they're at, uh, be there for them, and then be a resource to them going forward. And then I might have something I can offer them right now. Um, something I've commonly done for many years, and this I can make this offer to your listeners too, um, is you know, I'm, I'm willing to meet with anybody and just talk through your issue. And I will guarantee you walk away with at least one good idea out of that meeting that you could do with it. I don't know if you'll do anything with it, at least one. And so dot com slash 30 is my, uh, my Calendly link to book a meeting with me. So feel free to do that for any of you that are listening or watching this. Um, I'll go in to do that for free. I'm just giving, I want to give something to you and that will, that will pay back to me at some point down the road. Maybe you refer me, maybe you work with me, maybe, maybe, you know, you just retweet me at some point or something, but, but that's my, my general approach. And I think in LinkedIn, that's the approach you need to take as well for any, the, any kind of online marketing, uh, we're doing right now, you know, we're helping each other here, you know, with, I'm helping you get some content. I'm, I'm getting some exposure. You know, it's, it's a win-win. We want to create those. And I think that you got to have that heart when you go to LinkedIn or any of these online outreach uh, platforms. Um, and then going back to the marketing technology conversation, when you're using marketing technology, it's got to be done in that sense as well. If you're just using it to automate, 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 and spam, 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 you know, you're not going to see the success you want. And I think that's across any industry, you know, any level of business. Um, that's gen- That's what I'm teaching people in our strategy. Yeah, and the biggest win-win on this call, uh, Josh, you know, honestly, in, in addition to the content, of course, thank you for allowing me to talk to another adult human um, throughout the day. I mean, the kids are at home. COVID is in full swing. Uh, home Homeschooling, oh my goodness. 
But so, but here's another thing why it's win-win for me to have these podcasts. First of all, you do talk to people. Second of all, you, you are networking to an extent, but it's also a very structured conversation because at the end of the day, yes, it's fun for us to connect and it's, it's nice to learn from each other, but we're also live streaming, you know? I mean, a lot of these live streams have, you know, hundreds of views and hundreds of lessons. Um, and, you know, I mean, we can't just be chit-chatting about nothing. There has to be value. And I really also like that for myself because we're very structured, right? There has to be some structure to what we're talking about here. Um, but when I go to like a Zoom room, let's network in the Zoom room. I'm like, guys, I have like eight Zoom meetings today. I don't need any more Zoom meetings just to come on there and, you know, network. It's just different. And I, you know, I don't even get a free drink. I have to go get my own drink from upstairs. And then when I get up there, I realize I didn't buy any drinks this week and I'm out of drinks. So now I'm drinking, you know, juice juice from my six-year-old or something. Right. So right. yeah, I got really good about making my own Americanos here at home because I, you know, can't get down to the coffee shop easily. I know, right? So, but but networking—it's not the same in a, in a Zoom meeting, or is it? Or what 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 have you seen work? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's evolved over the year, you know, because the, there's definitely. In fact, one of my contacts here this week made a comment about just being zoomed out, right? You know, you've heard that off and on. Um, so it, it is, it is, you know, not having the actual physical interaction is, is, has been, has been difficult. In fact, last week before here in Iowa, we, we really started seeing this crazy uptick, uh, or at least before we perceived it. Um, I went to, I had a couple, I had two physical meetings, two places I went to in person in the same day, a networking group I'm part of that asked me to speak. And then, uh, another, uh, public event that had a small group and we were all masked up and everything. So it felt fairly safe, but, but. Uh, that was like crazy. Just it felt so awkward, right, to do that. Um, in in because you just haven't done it at all, you know. Even though it felt great to do it in a sense, but then you know there's this apprehension with it. So anyways, your question though was about was about you know how do you make these zooms and these meetings work? Uh, I, I I keep my I mentioned that mcnairymarketing.com slash thirty if anybody wants to do a, a pro bono meeting meeting with me. Um, I keep it to 30 minutes. You know, we try to cut to the chase. I try to learn something from somebody. I try to, you know, any meeting I have, I try to understand their, their situation, kind of their business, their situation, their, you know, some background, what they're doing before I start throwing out crazy ideas to them. Okay. Um, but by the time we get down to the last 10 minutes, then it's like go time. Like you're going to get some ideas from me one way or the other. Okay. And maybe some of them are good or bad, but you know, it's only been 30 minutes, but I'm going to give you something. So trying to cut to the chase and give some real value as quickly as possible. Um, I think is, uh, is, is, is key in these situations. Uh, I have tried even hosting these happy hours and such like a, you know, multiple room happy hour. And, uh, I think those have become, unless you have some kind of formatting or some kind of structure to it, uh, kind of in the sense of, I just said my 30 minute meeting, I was like, first 10 minutes is learn about you. Next 10 minutes is make like questions. The last 10 minutes is like, learn for me. Like I kind of have that in my head. Well, these happy hours, I mean, if there's just random people talking, there's no structure. And then again, come back, back to your comment of like, there, there, there is no structure. You, you just, you know, you just ended up wasting an hour. And I know that I don't have that time to do that. Um, so uh, I don't know if I have any earth shattering ideas other than, uh, you know, trying to like, in this case, I'm, I'm 
I'm offering to meet with people. And, and that's one way of, of trying to, I've been doing that throughout the entire pandemic. I did it before, but I really pushed it, especially this 30 minute meeting format since the pandemic, because I knew I wasn't going to physically be meeting people in person. And just like you're doing this uh, live uh, regularly or this podcast regularly, mm-hmm. that's, that's one way that I'm able to directly work with people and meet people. And sometimes it turns into projects. Sometimes it's um, just a good connection and, and whatnot, like I said earlier. And we did throw up on the live stream, McNary, McNarymarketing.com forward slash 30. That's the numbers, three zero. Uh, it's up there on the screen for you guys to check out. And of course, that goes to Calendly. Um, Calendly, it's interesting. I use Calendly for everything, as you know. I know when I ask mm-hmm. you to come on the show. Uh, I, I don't do those emails back and forth uh, 18 yeah. times, you know. When should we meet, blah, blah, blah. Just book a, book a meeting. And then the other thing that's nice, if something were to come up, you can just click the link. Like you just click the link and or I just click the link and we can reschedule the meeting to the next open time. There right. doesn't have to be 18 emails about, oh, I'm running late. Sorry, my coffee just spilled on my pants. I'm like, oh, it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> we can't see your pants. Just take them off. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. yeah. So so I like those. So that's really an evolve, uh, evolution when it comes to uh, marketing technology as well. But every once in a while, I get people who are, offended when I sent them my Calendly. Like they no. want to do the song and dance or the horse and pony show. Why Why do you think that is? So there's some people who are just, they, they love it, right? It's easier on everybody. And then there's some people who are like, who, who don't see the advantage of the technology and take offense to it. Well, so that's, I, playing back to our earlier technology conversations of this discussion, there is some danger there. I mean, there is a certain cultural thing. There's a certain business etiquette thing going on with regards to some of this technology. If, if you, and that's where you being personal and providing real value to people can really, I think, smooth that over. Um, and I think that's kind of what I'm, I'll speak to the Calendly thing specifically here in a second, but I think that's a, a macro theme to what you're talking about. So you do need to make sure, going back to our conversations of, of sales and marketing technology, broadly speaking, as you're implementing it, you do need to make sure that for whatever audience you're targeting, which you should have figured out well in your strategy conversations, um, you are speaking to that generic persona in a way that they see the value in this and they're not offended by getting that one more email automation or that one more thing or that, you know, take this action or take that action. And it makes sense to them. And you can do that. You can smooth that over by the proper framework. Uh, one thing I've seen with Calendly um, or those types of services is, you know, if I send that link, if I send that link and I say, uh, uh, book a free meeting with me, like I did on this call, um, people are like, oh yeah, I'll go do that. Right. Cause that's like, you know, it's, it's like, I'm getting something out of that. Like I'll, I'll go do that. But if I, if it's, if it's more like uh, a sales interaction and, and the person's like, uh, I want to meet with you, Josh, cause I want to do X, Y, Z, whatever project. And then I kind of just throw, hey, no, go ahead, go book on my calendar over here. Go, I don't have time for you. Like it kind of comes off that way, you know, um, rather than, rather than like I'm turning it around and making them do it, right? Like rather than me figuring out the time and making their life easy, right? So there's a, it's a, it's a perception thing perhaps sometimes with this. I do think there's been tools even this year that have been helpful in this regard so like one thing i do in calendly there's a there's an extension for uh, google and chrome that you can add that allows you to select specific times that make sense for you 
and then it kind of gives them a little it embeds into the email and it lets you yep. you know say pick from these three times and that gives them rather than saying here's my entire calendar and pick a time it it's here pick from these three times and that makes their life a little bit easier so in certain situations i'll use that um also i know i'm a gmail person uh but uh there's a there's another extension tool boomerang uh boomerang for gmail which has been around for a while and does some various cool things but they added a boomerang calendar for gmail this year they they i guess at least i think they had it before but they really promoted it this year with everything going on that one also like kind of do a live compare of calendars and give a similar type of approach so there are ways to maybe if you're in a market where you think are going to be sensitive to that kind of issue of like, oh my gosh, you know, you're making me look at your entire calendar. That seems like overwhelming type of thing. Um, or it's a very high touch kind of salesy type situation. Uh, you might look at using those other tools or those features of those other tools. And one more, one more meeting uh, suggestion as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another tool called uh, x.ai, x.ai. And that is a tool that you can set up uh, to basically act like a, it's, it's an AI based virtual assistant that basically does a similar thing. It goes, it looks at your calendar and, you know, email back, you CC it in and he emails back the thread with the time. So you don't have to go look up the times and such. It handles all the booking and everything and basically kind of acts like a human would uh, in that interaction. Like if you had an assistant uh, doing it. Um, so I, there's a you know, different tool like that that can be helpful. Yeah. Um, and what I find interesting though, is I think it's really hard to guess who's going to react negatively I mean, mm-hmm. I've had people on, on large sales and they book their own meeting. And I had people actually, you know, that I've worked with and, and, and uh, over, over time and they even ask, they say, can you send me the link to schedule a meeting? Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I know they're open to it. Right. But early on, it's, it's I think it's hard to guess. And I you don't know. know I, I just realized something in most of my templates mm-hmm. where I have my meeting uh, link. Uh, for clients or, or, or prospective clients or just community members. Mm-hmm. I have a line in there. I'll say, book a time here. It's something like book a time here. And it's like a link, like the one you have on screen right now. And, um, um, or if, uh, or if you can't find anything there, shoot me two to three days slash times. Mm-hmm. So basically I'm telling them, like, I prefer you to use this link over here. But if that's overwhelming or you don't know how to use it or you can't find a time, which can happen because I do mm-hmm. have, you know, limited, um, email me. And so that kind of gives them an opening to email me if that's what they prefer and I'm not offending them. But then it but it does mean that 75 percent of my meetings get booked with this link. So that might be a, you know, kind of a tactic you could use to 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 mitigate that concern that you're talking about. The, the other thing I do is I actually had a CEO email me this morning and said, uh, when can we meet about this? And. And I am totally booked next week. And I went into my calendar and I marked some things as free. So there was more time. But I really, truly only opened them up for him because I knew he was going to check or, you know, whoever was going to check in a few minutes. Fantastic. Hey, go ahead. That Calendly feature that you select, the the ad hoc meeting, I think is what they call it, that actually overrides, can override your your default calendar settings. So that's another feature you could use in that situation. And then you don't have to open it up to everybody. You could just send them like, hey, here's three times for Monday or whatever. Because, you know, Monday at this point probably is not available on my calendar. Same you know, here. Because, yep. You know, um, but I could if I had somebody that had a, a pressing meeting to do. Right. Absolutely. Well, it was great to have you on the show, Josh. Always nice to catch up with you. McNarryMarketing.com forward slash 30 if you want to book time with him. Uh, of course, if you uh, just want to visit his website, McNarryMarketing.com. Um, 
And then did you have another project that launched earlier this year, remote something? Uh, yeah, so remoteworkingfromhome.com, uh, that, that project is, actually, I actually was thinking about that here this week a bit. Um, we haven't done a whole lot on it, honestly, in, in the last number of months. Back in the uh, Q2, basically, as the pandemic was coming on, myself, uh, <clears> some <throat> of our contractors and employees and such, uh, we posted a bunch of material on there. And some of that might be a little bit uh, behind us at this point, just because so many people have progressed into remote working. But if you have somebody that is getting into remote working, or you just want to kind of refresh yourself on some, you know, maybe some best practices, um, uh, uh, that would be a good place to check out. Uh, and then I also mentioned earlier that I have a new newsletter. I always had a monthly newsletter, but we changed the format. Um, we're actually, I'm actually weekly, which I know sounds overwhelming, but it's actually the sub name for it is uh, McNary Minute. So it's just a short blurb for me, no more than I think the one I just wrote was like 450 words uh, tops. And it's just a quick blurb and it comes only in the email. It's not coming up in our um, blog or anything. And it's just a little blurb for me on life, business, marketing, sales, tech. Um, like I said, this one was this week was uh, integrations, just some information about what you should think about for integrations. And next week, um, it's not totally done yet, but it's essentially talking about uh, understanding uh trying to keep your head on straight in the craziness of the world that we're in right now and thinking about uh, your sphere of influence. What can you really control? And especially with election and a pandemic going on this year, you know, who doesn't need that message? So anyways, you might want to check that out. That's mcnarymarketing.com slash subscribe if you want to check that out. And of course you can unsubscribe anytime if, you know, it's not your thing. Absolutely. And um, I just want to point that out. We had Sam Horn on the show. She talked about the whole, I don't remember what she called it, but uh, McNary Minute. That's easy to remember, right? MM, uh, Java, Java jackets, whatever. Uh, just something right. to keep in mind. There is actually a method to the madness. Um, Josh, it was great to have you on the show. Thanks for sharing your insights, and hopefully the rest of the yeah. year goes well, and then hopefully 2021 returns a little bit yeah. more to normal. So we're really going we're gonna, we're gonna to keep our eyes forward. And I've been one of the hashtags we've used throughout the year and on that remote working sites is beat the pandemic. Um, and so that's kind of been a, a, a common theme for me. So hopefully stick, sticking together, everybody will beat it. We'll get through this. We'll get through it. Absolutely. Um, slow internet or not. Thanks again for joining us. And tomorrow, <laughs> a quick reminder on the podcast channels, authenticstorytelling.net forward slash podcast. Uh, we have Sarah Mitchell talking about the um, state of the writing um, research that has come out earlier this year and the new one is launching for next year so if everybody wants to participate we'll publish the link as well thanks everyone for watching and listening until next time that's a wrap thanks for tuning in please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels and don't forget to share this episode with your networks we appreciate you until next time let the best stories win